call to worship comes from Colossians 3, verse 17, and chapter 4, verse 2. It says this, And whatever you do in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through Him. And then down in chapter 4, verse 2, Continue earnestly in prayer, being vigilant in it, with thanksgiving. Seems very appropriate in this Thanksgiving season to focus our attention upon the need to give God thanks. I don't know if you've ever thought about it, but the Scriptures actually make a bigger deal about giving thanks to God than we are often accustomed to think about. As a matter of fact, I've never done it, but I know it would be an edifying study to sit down with a concordance and a Bible and a notepad and look up every reference to the word thank or thanks or thanksgiving and work through both Old and New Testament to see just how often we are exhorted to give thanks to God. I think sometimes, if you're like me, I read my Bible, and when I see the words with thanksgiving thrown in, my mind just kind of goes into neutral, and I don't really notice it or think about it. But when we look at places like what Paul is saying here, he's really just channeling and stealing what all of Scripture is telling us. Thanksgiving is so important, not the, not the holiday, but the, pro, the practice of giving thanks to God is so very important that Paul tells us that when men turn their backs upon God's revelation of Himself in creation, they deny His existence and they deny His attributes which are shown to them just from nature itself, they respond to that and suppress it in two different ways. The first is they don't honor Him as God. They don't glorify Him as God. But do you remember what the second thing is they cease to do? They cease to give thanks. And because they cease to give thanks, they presume upon God's mercies and all His gifts that He gives us because everything you have, whether you're talking about something spiritually or physically or financially, everything you have is a gift given by Him. And because men cease to give thanks, God turns us over to a debased mind, turns us over to vile passions, turns us over to uncleanness because of our failure to give thanks. So in his letter, Paul's just channeling all this in Colossians to tell us, to remind us of the need for us to continually give God the thanks. Thanksgiving is what you and I owe Him, especially when you consider what He's given us as opposed to what we deserve. And yet, notice the first thing, verse 17 of chapter 3, we're to give thanks to God the Father through Him, through Christ. Always careful to return thanks through Christ. Why? Because apart from the mediator, you can't approach God. And so even in giving thanks, it can only be acceptable to God if it's offered through the name of Jesus Christ. But then notice verse 2 of chapter 4. Continue earnestly in prayer, being vigilant in it with thanksgiving. It's as if he's saying, let your prayers overflow their banks with a thankful heart. And to do this constantly every time we pray. This very past week, I, I was in my own private devotions I was meditating upon this very point and, and asking God's forgiveness for something. You ever find that when you're anxious about something in your life, that you give much time to God telling Him about how anxious you are? And then when God takes care of the anxiety, supplies for a need, or whatever it is you're anxious about, changes the circumstance, resolves a problem, He does so, I'm always careful pretty much to give thanks to Him, but I say thanks in a few words, and immediately I forget all about my anxious season. And I don't invest the same kind of time giving Him thanks that I invested in, in expressing my anxiety. Sometimes I look at my own heart and I just see how dour and cynical and fault-finding and even bitter I can be at times. 
and I realize that God desires that I would be joyful. Whatever else He can expect of us as God's people, He should expect us to be joyful and a happy people. Again, when you weigh what I deserve versus what I've been given, I have much to give God thanks for. And I'm convinced that if I would learn the discipline of being more thankful more deliberately and more often, maybe some of my anxiety would be released and perhaps I'd be a more joyful, happy person than I am. That God has a reason for telling us to give Him thanks because we have so much to thank, thank Him for. I so often capitalize upon my anxieties and I take His mercies for granted. And I suspect you struggle with the same problem. Well, of all the things I've ever read about thankfulness, probably the best thing I've ever read outside of Scripture itself is A.W. Tozer's book, The Knowledge of the Holy. It has a chapter called Thankfulness as a Moral Therapeutic. So I'm going to read his last paragraph of that chapter as our call to worship this morning. In trying to count our many blessings, the difficulty is not to find things to count, but to find time to enumerate them all. Personally, I've gotten great help from the practice of talking over with God the many kindnesses I have received from my fellow men. To my parents, I owe my life and my upbringing. To my teachers, I owe that patient line-upon-line instruction that took me when I was a young, ignorant pagan and enabled me to read and write. To the patriots and statesmen of the past, I owe the liberties I now enjoy. To numerous and unknown soldiers who shed their blood to keep our country free, I owe a debt I can never pay. And I please God and enlarge my own heart when I remind the Lord that I am grateful for them. For every man and woman of every ethnicity and nationality who may have contributed anything to my peace and welfare, I am grateful. And I shall not let God forget that I am. Let's pray this morning. Father, we have so much to be thankful for. Thank you that you are the Father of mercies, that every good and perfect gift comes from above, from the Father of lights with whom there is no variation or shadow of turning. We thank you, Father, for the supply of food and water and shelter and a roof over our head and a pillow to lay our head on at night and a mattress to to sit upon. And when it's cold, we have blankets to wrap ourselves up in. When it's hot, Lord, we can turn on the air conditioner. Even this morning, we've gathered in a place where it's very, very cold outside and yet we have heat inside. We thank you for these and so many more blessings that you've given. But we thank you most especially for the spiritual blessings you've given us. We thank you that despite the fact we were your enemies, you sent your Son to die for our sins and to give us a perfect righteousness that satisfies your law. We thank you for not only your Son who is now risen, but also for the Holy Spirit whom the world cannot receive. Yet through the merits of Christ, you've freely given him to us. And we do not want to take that precious gift for granted. And we thank you for the gift of one another. Thank you, Lord, as a church, though we don't have a building of our own at the moment, we do thank you we have one another and that we remain a church and that your lampstand is with us. So this day, as we worship you, Father, and as we worship you, Son and Spirit, we pray that the Spirit would fill our hearts very powerfully, that we may offer to you worship that is acceptable and pleasing in your sight, and that you would meet with us today for your glory and honor and the good of our souls. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen.